Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a new edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. I am Patricia Trana. Happy Friday to everybody. It is Friday, August 20th. Glad to have you with us here on the Locked On Giants podcast. On today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about the New York Giants joint practice sessions out in Cleveland. They have one in the books as I record this. And then the rest of the show, I'm going to explore a topic that was kind of hot this week in terms of the Giants-Browns joint practices, and that is the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. Who won that trade? And I have some thoughts about that that I'm going to talk about um, where the trade stands, who's winning it. I don't think the trade is completed, but I'm going to get into all that in just a little bit. So happy to have you with us as we get to the end of the week here on the Locked on Giants podcast. All right, let us go right into the joint practices out in Cleveland. So the Giants went through padded practices with the Cleveland Browns, spirited, but no fighting, no chippiness, no tempers flaring. Uh, Joe Judge and Kevin Stefanski, the respective head coaches of the Giants and the Browns, spoke to both of their teams and basically told them, look, go out there, compete, but keep it controlled. Okay, a few other notes. And by the way, I did not attend the practice. I am not in Cleveland. So let me just make that clear right now so that if you're looking for observations, I can't get them to you on this show. But um, I can give you some items that took place because I was following along, obviously, with the media stuff through the power of Zoom. And um, so basically, a few notes real quick. Saquon Barkley was held out of all team drills against the Browns. And why is this news? Well, because last week, Barkley actually got into a few team drills, seven-on-seven drills with the Giants when they were practicing in East Rutherford. And it was thought that, hey, you know, he's making progress. He's making the steps. He's inching closer to 11-on-11 work and possibly a full-scale return. So when Barkley was held out of the seven-on-seven drills, naturally people are like, well, what happened? Did he have a setback? That was not the case. He did not have a setback. Head coach Joe Judge spoke about that and um, basically said that had they been practicing by themselves in East Rutherford, things might have been a little different. Barkley might have seen a little bit more in terms of seven-on-seven drills, um, some other stuff, but Against the Browns, I guess he just didn't want to take a chance of something happening and, uh, God forbid, sending Barkley back in his rehab from that torn ACL. So that was a big storyline. Another storyline, let me just give you quickly the attendance guys who weren't able to practice and those who were not able to practice. Receiver Kenny Galladay, who has the hamstring, obviously. Kadarius Tony, who... We don't know what he's nursing. It could be COVID-related. It could be an injury. We're not sure. The two pup guys, Kyle Rudolph, the tight end, who has the foot ailment, and Aaron Robinson, who is recovering from a procedure on a core muscle injury. Those two guys are on pup. Um, Ellerson Smith, the defensive end, he has a hamstring. I think he's going to start the season on pup. The more time that kid misses, the more likely he's going to go from active pup to inactive pup. 
John Ross was also on the sideline. Uh, we don't know what's going on with him, but you know, with John Ross, that's the big thing with John Ross is he can never seem to say, stay healthy. And if you're not available, I, I just don't know how you're going to make the roster. And that was one of the reasons why I kept talking about earlier in, sh- in earlier shows, why I had doubts as to whether or not John Ross would actually make the roster. So we'll see what happens. They've got another you know week and a half or so before that decision has to be made. But those were the guys who, um, oh, and Mar- Montre Hartag, he's the other guy who didn't practice today. He has an undisclosed injury. So otherwise, Nate Solder um, was held out of team drills. He has the shoulder ailment. But um, for the most part, everybody else practiced or did some kind of work. Barkley, again, practiced, but did not do any of the team stuff. A couple of other notes real quick. Joe Judge, if you remember last week, in a question to, I believe I asked him, I think I asked him the question about the offensive line, and he had spoken about how the team, you know, the intention was they would probably add an offensive lineman. Well, they haven't done so yet. And he was asked about that today, and Judge said, you know, uh, Ted Larson, who they picked up off of waivers last week, is uh, now up to speed to where he can get out there and practice. Backup center, Jonathan Harrison, whatever he was dealing with earlier in camp, he seems to be over that and is able to practice. Shane Lemieux, who had the knee injury earlier in camp, is making his way back as well. So because they were able to get some guys back, they felt that they didn't need to go out and sign anybody just yet. Now, that does not mean that they won't go out and sign somebody because if you go over to Giants country, I happen to put up an article and I'll put the link in the the show description if you want to check it out. I had a chance to speak with Pete Smith, who is uh, the publisher of Brown's Digest on SI.com. And he, I asked him, I said, who are some of the linemen, the offensive linemen on the Browns that maybe will shake loose? Because look, it's a scouting opportunity for the Giants to look at the Browns personnel up close and personal. So Pete Smith was nice enough to give me a list of guys that he thought might be uh, might be coming loose in the coming days with the, the uh, transactions. So from the Giants' perspective, because they don't have a lot of cap space, this is kind of good that they didn't have to sign anybody to get through the joint practices with Cleveland because every time you sign somebody, a lot of times there's you know a signing bonus or some guaranteed money that that is promised, especially if you want to get a veteran. Now they don't have to worry about that until they actually have to worry about that, which is at the end of training camp. So it kind of worked out well for them. And uh, so we'll see if any of the Cleveland Brown players that are on their roster now, if they end up on the waiver wire and if the Giants make a pitch or a play for them once those roster moves are made. Giant fans, we have plenty more coming up on this edition of the Locked On Giants podcast. But first, Built Bar is a healthy, low-carb, low-sugar, and high-protein treat that will satisfy your sweet tooth. Choose from nine amazing flavors plus the occasional limited-time offering available in nut and nut-free varieties. Visit BuiltBar.com and get 15% off your first order with the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your first order. All right, Giant fans, you have the Locked on Giants podcast with Patricia Trena, and um, we can't talk about the Giants and Cleveland Browns without talking about the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. It comes up 
Uh, it came up last year, even though Beckham did not play in that game. He was dealing with a torn ACL, and it has come up again this summer with the two teams engaging in the joint practices. Now, Beckham is still recovering from that torn ACL, didn't do a whole lot in the first day of the joint practices against the Giants. But still, let's talk a little bit about who won that trade. Now, the trade technically is still ongoing in that you know the Browns still have Beckham this year. The Giants still have the draft pick, so Shane Zimenez and Dexter Lawrence, and the player acquisition in Jabril Peppers on the roster. So it's not really complete because you can continue to kind of gauge the production of each as long as they're on their respective rosters. But that being said, we'll take a look at a few elements and try to determine who at least is in the lead in that trade. So I'm going to start off with what the uh, what the Browns got. And we'll just, to recap, the Odell Beckham trade was actually, uh, it was a big trade and included Olivier Vernon, the edge rusher. So technically the Browns got a pair of, of veterans from the Giants, Beckham and Vernon. The Giants got Dexter Lawrence and O'Shane Zimenez. Those were the two draft picks. The first round pick being Lawrence, pick number 17 overall, and pick number 95 overall in 2019 being Zimenez. The Giants also picked up two veterans, Kevin Zeitler, who is no longer with the team, and safety Jabril Peppers. All right. Now, in kind of gauging this out a little bit, what I did was I looked at the financial part, part of it. All right. So for the financial aspect of it, just to recap, the Giants had to eat $16 million in dead money on their 2019 cap after trading Beckham, which when you combined it with the dead money that they had to eat when they traded Vernon, that was part of $55.156 million in dead money or 28.34% of their 2019 salary cap. That's just not how you're going to win. You're not going to be able to do much when you have over, you know, over 25% of your salary cap tied up in dead money. And let's not even talk about the percentage of salary cap they had tied up in guys who are on injured reserve. That's a whole nother story. The Browns benefited with the exchange on the short term. Beckham and Vernon came to them and they did not have the prorated signing bonus that was eaten by the Giants. All right. So, the Giants, meanwhile, uh, they got Zeitler and Peppers. Now, Peppers, of course, was on his rookie deal. So any signing bonus there, um, the Browns ate, as did they eat with Zeitler. But see, here's where the Giants kind of went wrong, in my opinion. And I, at the time, I understood why they did it. But um, when you acquire a player via trade, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where now you're adding potential dead money onto the onto the uh, tab, if you will. So when the Giants acquired Zeitler, they restructured his contract. He had a, a, a 2019 base salary of 10 million. They lowered that down to about um, I want to say 2.5 million, I believe it was. So they converted 7.5 million of Zeitler's base salary into a bonus to gain $5 million in savings on the 2019 cap. In doing so, by converting that money into a bonus, the Giants now added a proration to the remainder of Zeitler's contract, which is why this year when they cut him, instead of getting the full, I think it was $12 million or something like that, they, 
or, or 14, I'm sorry, I think it was closer to 14. They had to eat about 2.5 million or so in dead money. So that's what happens when you start lowering cap numbers and messing around with that. You usually have to convert that money into a bonus. So the good news, though, is the Giants kind of had to do that because with the second of the uh, first round picks that they acquired, that being the pick number 17 overall, which was spent on Dexter Lawrence, the Giants needed that space. So if you remember in 2019, they drafted Daniel Jones sixth overall with their original pick. And then Dexter Lawrence was pick number 17 overall. That was the pick that the Browns originally held. And then that year, also the Giants, remember, they traded back into the first round for DeAndre Baker. So basically they had three first round picks that they had to pay and they needed the cap space for. So that's why they redid Seitler's contract. The good news is, is when it came to the cap, the Giants didn't have to pay really through the nose beyond 2019. You know, once Beckham's money was cleared off the books and uh, Vernon's money was cleared off the books, everything kind of fell into place for them. And, you know, they were able to get into a little bit better cap shape for 20 and for uh, 2021. Well, that w- remains to be seen, but we all saw um, them get into a little better shape with their moves that they made in 20 and then 21. And ahead for 2022. So, all right. Now we could talk about health of the players and the number of games missed, but I don't know that necessarily that's a fair comparison because, you know, you're talking two players for the Browns versus um, Zeitler, Peppers, uh, so four players for the Giants. So it's really not a fair comparison, I guess, um, to say, oh, you know, the Giants looked out better with the trade because Zeitler only missed, I think, one game in the two years he was with the Giants. Peppers, I think, played, um, I want to say, 26 games in two years. Zeitler, 31 games, like I said. And um, Beckham and Vernon, I think, uh, Beckham appeared in 23 games. He had the torn ACL. And Vernon, I think, missed a handful of games, too. I can't remember how many he missed, but he missed a, a, at least seven games, if I'm not mistaken, over his two years with the Cleveland Browns. But let's talk about production. And again, this is kind of tricky because you're not doing a straightforward apples to apples comparison. In other words, you're not saying, okay, Beckham receiver, Zeitler receiver, you know, you're talking about different positions. So we have to look at value here and who has given their respective teams the best value. Now, with Beckham, in his first season with the Browns, he put up 1,035 yards, which was his fifth career 1,000-yard season, but the lowest of his 1,000-yard seasons. Within that production, though, he only caught four touchdown passes, which was a career low for him in a season in which he played at least 12 games. So you can kind of make the argument that The production wasn't horrible for Beckham in 2019, but it wasn't great. Certainly not what he's capable of producing. Now, last year in seven games before he tore his ACL, uh, Beckham, who remember he's he's part of a a receiver's room that includes Jarvis Landry. um, Beckham was targeted um, an average of 6.1 pass targets per game um, and had a career low 53.5% catch rate. So 
you can make the argument that Beckham maybe was on the downslide a little bit. You know, part of that could have been also been how the Browns were deploying him in the offense, but certainly not the production that he gave the Giants earlier in his career. Don't go away, Giant fans. We have plenty more coming up here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Hey, Giant fans, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron for the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half million dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus when you use the code Locked On. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to horse racing. Don't wait to take advantage of all the great offers for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, now let's take a look at the other guys. Zeitler, when he joined the Giants, according to Pro Football Focus, was the best pass blocking guard in 2018. And Zeitler had a good 2019 campaign, um, had a 98.1 pass blocking efficiency rating, according to Pro Football Focus. But in 2020, he dealt with, um, I believe it was a shoulder and neck issue. And his production kind of slipped a little bit. It was still good. It was still, you know, probably the best of the offensive linemen last year, but it slipped, all things considering. So, the slide actually came that, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, Zeitler allowed multiple pressures in eight of his 16 starts, and five of those came within the first five weeks. So he was off to a slow start. And at the end of the day, at the end of the season, the Giants just decided, okay, you know what? We've got a fifth-round draft pick in Shane Lemieux, who had stepped in for Will Hernandez. You know, they had Will Hernandez on a rookie deal. And Zeitler's parting was partially due to cap reasons, partially due to the youth movement, and partially due to the fact that his performance had slipped a little bit. Now, he's again, he's still a functional offensive lineman, um, went to the Ravens, so he still has something left to give, but can he give the team what he gave Cleveland in his heyday? Um, that's That remains to be seen. I'm not so sure that that could be the case. All right, let's talk about Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence, really, um, I think the steal out of the whole group. I mean, if you're looking for the the, uh, best acquisition in that trade, Dexter Lawrence is probably it. Young defensive lineman, very underrated, I think, in the defense. He was ranked 15th amongst interior defensive linemen last year by Pro Football Focus. Um, And then the year prior, his rookie season, 2019, he was ranked 16th. So Lawrence is a guy, you know, for run stuffer, he's pretty solid in there. I mean, does a lot of the dirty work inside, very athletic. What the Giants are trying to hopefully get him to do more of is 
you know, take that step forward in the pass rush. But certainly Lawrence has been probably the best of the acquisitions from the draft picks that the Giants got from the Browns in the trade. Now let's talk Zimenez. Zimenez was the third round pick that the Giants converted, number 95 overall. Had a very promising rookie season, all things considering that he uh, came out of a tiny program at Old Dominion. So again, in his rookie season, he had four and a half sacks, nine quarterback hits, and played roughly 45% of the snaps. Now, where Zimenez was a little off in his game, as was the case last year before his injury, was in his run defense. That was his biggest um, vice, if you will. So the hope is that he would continue to grow in that area, but then he suffered the shoulder injury early in the season. I think it was week four, week five of the season and was lost for the rest of the year. So he didn't really get a chance to build on what he started as a rookie. Now, here's the thing. The Giants, of course, have gone and drafted Aziz Ojulari, who will likely sooner than later become the weak side starter at outside linebacker, which was the role that I think the Giants wanted for Zimenez. So it looks like Zimenez is going to be more of a um, rotational guy, a guy who maybe is going to be a spot pass rusher, while Ojulari is probably going to be on the field a lot this season once he gets his feet underneath him. So I wouldn't say that Zimenez was a waste but suffice it to say, you know, that pick, if you're if you're grading them in terms of value and what they've gotten out of them so far, you would probably have to put Zimenez at the bottom of the heap of uh, the, the acquisitions that they got from the Browns. Jabril Peppers, let's talk a little bit about him. Now, Peppers missed six games in the last two seasons. It's not terrible, but, you know, you just... You don't want to see your guys miss any games if you can help it. Now, that said, um, Peppers is a great run defender, great downhill type of player. Coverage, he's okay. Um, I wouldn't say he's, you know, Earl Thomas good. Um, certainly not uh, maybe Logan Ryan good, I would say. But Peppers, um, let me see, he was ranked 44th among safeties in 2019, improved to 35th last year in a different defensive system, I might add. Um, also was a punt returner for the Giants, so that versatility was was on display. He can do a lot of things, Peppers, but you know what? Considering he's in the option year of his rookie deal, I keep saying that I don't see him being resigned after this year. I don't think the Giants are going to be able to afford him. I think they're going to move on from him. So, you know, Peppers to me, he's been a good solid player, but in terms of if you were to rank the acquisitions that the Giants got in the trade, I think you would have to put probably you would put Lawrence at number one, Zeitler number two, Peppers would be number three and Zimenez would be number four. That's how I would rank them. All right. So all that said, who won the trade? Now it's, it's a tough question because like I said, the players are still on the respective roster. You know, the trade is still, as far as I'm concerned, it's still going on because until each team is done with the players acquired, that's, you, you can make the, the case that, oh, you know, like let's say Dexter Lawrence is, is, is with the Giants for 10 years and Odell isn't, 
then you could say, oh, the Giants clearly won it. So based on where things stand today, I would say the Giants got the better of the deal. All right. So they got uh, Dexter Lawrence as a first round draft pick and Jabril Peppers, who they viewed as a first round draft pick. So if you're looking for who won the trade or who is winning the trade right now, definitely got to go with the Giants to get, you know, a solid offensive lineman in Zeitler um, and getting rid of, you know, Vernon, who was okay, but injured a lot. Um, Getting rid of Beckham, who a very good receiver, but again, just you could kind of see the decline in his performance. And part of that, again, I I get it is due to injury. I think you just, you got to go with the Giants because the Giants got younger players who are on the ascent versus guys who are maybe sliding downhill, or or at least the majority of the guys are on the uh, ascent versus guys who are sliding downhill. So my verdict, Giants won the trade. Now, if you agree with me, let me know. You can drop me an email in at the address that's in the show notes, or if you're watching this on YouTube, you could drop a comment in the comments below and let me know if you think who won the trade. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Don't forget, next Tuesday, we will have another edition of Twitter Tuesday, so you can get your questions in by writing to us at LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. That address is in the show notes, and we will be back next week with all new episodes of the Locked on Giants podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.